Welcome to the Gut Church Podcast. My name is Kennedy Shear, and thank you so much for joining us. Today, we have a great word for you. If this ministry has changed your life, will you let us know? Send us an email to story at gutschurch.com. As Pastor Bill said, I started coming to Gut Church back in 1997. It's kind of crazy to say I was 26 years ago coming in here to Gutch Church across town over there. But as I was thinking about that and thinking about tonight and the message tonight is, you know, as you guys all know, when we hear Pastor Bill speak and preach, man, we're, we're probably all captivated by the strength and the, the boldness and, and all the, the, the way he communicates. But what the hook that got me 26 years ago, and I think still gets me coming back every, every time now, is the hope that we have in God. It's the way that he communicates the hope in Jesus and the hope in the gospel and the hope that, that what God has done through Jesus for us in our lives, that hope that keeps me coming back, that I hope keeps you guys coming back. And what I, my, my goal today, tonight, is to communicate that hope to you guys. Because I know, I know it's Wednesday night, like I know the audience, man, you guys are the, are the committed, you're the core, you're, you're our people, and, and the Sunday people aren't here, so we talk about them type of thing, right? But no, it's, it's Wednesday night, and, and you guys, though, there could definitely be people even in here tonight, though, that maybe you're experiencing a little disappointment. Maybe you're experiencing a little bit of, um, a little bit of hopelessness. A little bit of fear, man, because a lot of that stuff creeps in, right? It doesn't just a lot of times come in one, one big box. It, a lot of times it creeps into our lives. But the great news that we have for you and that, that this church has preached for however many years it's been now is that we have hope in Jesus. We have hope in God. We have hope in the gospel. I and mean, that's what I want to communicate to you guys tonight. Starting in Isaiah chapter 9, a, a very um, familiar verse this, type, this time of year, right? Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And I want to focus on the Wonderful Counselor part. You know, Jesus, he can be called, it says his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. The reason Jesus' name can be called Wonderful Counselor is because his counsel is based upon truth. His counsel is never based upon facts, feelings, or emotions. All the things that we experience, but his counsel is always based upon truth. In John 14, 6, it says, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the truth. And so that's why his name could be called wonderful, it could be called, called marvelous, it could be called wonderful counselor, because his, the counsel that we take in God's word, we're always taking counsel in the truth. Does that make sense? We're always taking counsel in the truth. And that's why we can have hope in Jesus, is because he is the way and the truth and the life. And see, truth is the basis for your hope. There can be no hope without truth, Right? There, there really can be no hope without that truth in our lives. And Jesus is that baseline for my truth. He's that baseline for my hope. But what we see and I think what we find in the world and even amongst ourselves is that a lot of times we start searching, maybe trying to create our own truth to try to create some hope. We start drifting away from the gospel. We start drifting away from, the, from taking counsel in God's word and we start drifting away from that truth. And so we start trying to create some own, of our own truth in order to gain that hope back. And we're getting it wrong. It's a perversion of the gospel. We, we see that all the time. We see, you know, maybe you had the thought, well, if I get that raise, then I can have some hope in my finances. 
If I get my kids into that school, I can have some hope in, for my family. If I, if I, get, this, this, if I get this doctor, I won't, maybe I won't be sick. We start creating these own scenarios and these own truths in, in an effort to gain hope. Because we're drifting away from the truth of Jesus that he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He's the wonderful counselor. And without him, there's no hope. Without him, there's no basis for truth. Without him, there's no basis for hope. We start trying to create our own truths, but the key to that is, man, we can never create our own truth. We can never do that because it's always, every single time, going to lead to disappointment. And we set ourselves up for disappointment. And you guys know this, but when we start setting ourselves up for disappointment, man, that's a slippery slope that the reason disappointment is so off-putting for us, the reason it's so um, just disgusting to us is because God didn't create you to be disappointed. God created you to be appointed. God created you to have hope in the world. God created you to be a, a winner. God created you to have success. God created you to walk in health and, and power and authority and all the things that God has for us. He didn't create us to, to have disappointment. So when that disappointment comes, we have to look at that and think, wait a second, what am I doing in my life? What's going on in my life that I'm accepting this disappointment for? I need to go back and take counsel in the truth. I've got to always, every single time, continually go back to the word and go back to taking counsel in Jesus. In Romans chapter 5, I'll start in verse 1, but it's Romans 5, 1 through 5. It says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. But verse 5 is the point here. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Hope that is based upon Jesus, hope that is based upon the truth, is going to never, ever bring disappointment. Ever. It's never going to bring that disappointment. The love of God, it says the love of God has been poured out in our hearts. And his love, what is God? The Bible says God is love. The Bible says love never fails. The love of God has been poured out in our hearts, and his love never fails. His love never disappoints. You weren't created to have disappointment. Are we going to have things in our life that don't go our way? Absolutely. Are we going to have some things that naturally we can be disappointed about? Yes. But the key is you can't live in that disappointment and let that disappointment cause you to drift away from the truth. Does that make sense? You can't ever get stuck in that moment of disappointment. Disappointment comes when we start abandoning the truth, when we start drifting away from truth. The Bible talks about it in another verse. It says, man, take heed to what you've heard lest you drift away. Take heed to what you've heard. What have you heard? Man, you've heard the word of God. You've heard Jesus. You've heard God's word spoken from this pulpit, spoken to you in, in every class you've ever taken here at this church. And, and whether you're the first time here or whether this is your hundredth time here or whatever the scenario is, you're hearing God's word. Take heed to what you've heard lest you don't, so you don't drift away. That's when disappointment comes is when we start to abandon or drift away from truth and we stop taking counsel in his word. Disappointment comes when we start exchanging the truth of God for a lie. Not that any of us have ever done that, right? But we start exchanging the truth of God for a lie. We start saying, well, you know, I, I'm sick and maybe, maybe, I don't know, there's not a cure for this cancer. 
Maybe I've only got five years left. Well, maybe I will have heart disease. Maybe I will be this or that. Maybe I'll, you know, whatever those excuses are, whatever those things that the world is trying to tell you, that's exchanging the truth of God for a lie because God never said that. God never told you that. The gospel never told you that. Gospel said you'll be the head and, the, and above only and never beneath. The head and, and, you know, that part. I got all mixed up on that part. The head and not the tail, above only, never beneath. Forgive me. Disappointment comes when we start finalizing our future based upon our current circumstances. When you start making decisions about your future based on what you currently see right in front of you, based on your current income, based on your current this, your current that, your current job, your current marriage, like, we'll stay in the same marriage, but you're, you're, you're basing your, cur- your future based on current circumstances. <laughs> Don't make decisions about your future based on circumstances that aren't lining up with God's word, but we do that all the time. And you can't do that. You've got to go back and be disciplined to take counsel in God's word. Disappointment comes when you start finalizing your future based upon current circumstances. When you start making decisions based on emotions and feelings rather than taking counsel in his word. Man, emotions are real. Feelings are real. Thoughts and all that stuff, it's absolutely real. God's created you, an emotional person. Man, but I can't live by that. I can't let those dictate me. I can't let those take me away from the counsel of God's word. You were created to abound in hope. When we go back and we start looking at Jesus, that his name shall be called Marvelous, Wonderful, Counselor, you start looking at that and you start saying, man, no, the name of Jesus in my life is he's my Wonderful Counselor. I take counsel in his word. I take counsel in his truth. And I'm going to abound in hope. That's why disappointment is so just, I can't even think of the word that it is to us. It's so disgusting to us that we don't like, we hate it because you're not created for it. You're created to abound in hope. You're created to abound in hope every single day of your life. Not created to abound in hope if you get out of debt. Not created to abound in hope if you get that raise or if you get that promotion. Not, not created to abound in hope if something happens. You're created to abound in hope because you're created in the righteousness of God in Christ. You're created a son and a daughter of the king. You're created in his likeness and in his image. So all those other things that we try to create to be a truth in our life, to try to build hope, to grab hope from, man, those, are, those don't have any bearing on your abounding in hope. Your abounding in hope is from you taking counsel in his will. Romans 15, 13 it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and faith, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, we abound in hope when we allow the wonderful counselor to lead and guide you in all truth, because that's what he does. He's never going to lead you and guide you away from his word. He's never going to lead you and guide you into, into something other than his goodness and his mercy, and his grace, and his power, and his ability, and his way of doing things. So we're created to abound in hope. But we also have to lay hold of that hope that's set before us. Man, Jesus is that hope. And we have to do this every day, right? We're disciples. We're disciplined. We have to be disciplined people that get into the word, that, get, that, that are disciplined enough to say, I'm going to do this every single day. Because when I don't do it every single day, man, that's when I start drifting away from the truth. 
We have to do it every day. We have to lay hold of the hope that is set before us. And that requires discipline. It requires effort. It requires work. It requires some sweat. It might require some tears. It's going to require a lot of things that you don't naturally want to do. But that's why you have to do it. Because if you don't, like, what else is going to happen? What's the alternative? You're just going to drift away from the truth and live in disappointment and get mad at God and then leave the church and do all these things and point all these fingers. And, and it's like, no, hang on, you're, you're drifting away. You didn't let that hope be the anchor of your soul. The Bible says that hope is an anchor of our soul. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17, it says, when, when God desired to show more convincingly to the errors of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose. He guaranteed it with an oath so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope that is set before us. You've got to lay hold of Jesus and his truth and the counsel of his word and never let it go because every single day you're going to wake up and be tempted to let go of that truth. You're going to be tempted by circumstances and situations in your life to turn your back on that truth, to walk away from that truth. And it's not even necessarily some big decision that says, I'm just going to walk away right now. It's usually a subtle decision after a subtle decision after another subtle decision. Then the next thing you know, you look up and you're like, how did I get where I'm at? It's because you, you didn't take the discipline to lay hold of the hope every single day of your life. We have encouragement to hold fast to the hope that is set before us. And then we have this hope as a sure and steadfast anchor of our souls, a hope that enters into the inner, pla inner place behind the curtain. Another, another version of that is it's a hope that enters the presence behind the veil. Man, we have this hope that is sure and steadfast. How many of you want sure and steadfast in your life versus, versus emotional roller coasters trying to figure out whether you're up or down every day? No, I want sure and steadfast. I want to know every single day that I can open up the word and I can look at what Jesus says and look at what Jesus did, did and look at what Jesus wants me to do. And I know that I can abound in hope by doing that. And I know when all hell's breaking loose around me or my family or my friends or whatever's going on, I can look to Jesus and take counsel in his word and I can continue daily in and day out to abound in hope regardless of what's coming after me, regardless of the diagnosis, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of your bank accounts, regardless of who's saying something about you, regardless of who's not saying something about you. It doesn't matter what's going on in or around you or among you. You abound in hope when you take counsel in his word every single day. We have this hope as an, a steadfast anchor of our soul. Our soul is our mind and our will and our emotions. Man, why would I need my mind and my will and my emotions anchored? It's because if they're not anchored to the truth, they're going to be going all kinds of places. They, they told me back in, uh, I don't, 2016, 18, my wife Cherish is here. My parents are here. Two of my kids are here. We have another kid that training for a state championship Saturday night, 7 o'clock in Edmond. Show up. We're going to win. Uh, well, 2016 or 17 or 18 or something, I go to the doctor, and they said, hey, you, you have a malignant tumor. And I went to Broken Arrow, but I, I knew what that word meant. And I was like, malignant tumor? What are you talking about? They said I had cancer. I'm like, That's weird. 
okay? You know, so my point with this is if I didn't have the anchor of God's word and, and taking counsel in his word, man, those diagnoses like that, man, your mind, you'll start planning your funeral. You'll start thinking about, is, do I have enough life insurance? Who's going to take care of my kids? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? You've got to have that word as an anchor of your soul. An anchor anchors you. It, it keeps you there. It doesn't let you drift away into all what could be and what might be and what might happen. That's the natural way our minds are going to work, which is why you also got to renew your mind daily, right? Renew your mind so that you can, can prove what is good, acceptable, perfect will of God. You have to have that anchor of your soul. The hope of God, Jesus, the truth, counsel in his word, it anchors your soul, it anchors your mind, it anchors your will. How many of you wake up every day and want to get in the word? Probably not. You have to do it anyway. Because if you don't, you're going to live the life doing whatever the heck you want to do. And that's not the best way to do it. You've got to anchor your, your will. You've got to anchor your emotions. Man, our, our emotions can take us all kinds of places. God's word anchors that. That says, wait, it doesn't matter how I feel today, God's word is still true. It doesn't matter how I feel tomorrow, God's word is still true. Thank you. So hope anchors your soul, it anchors your mind, it anchors your will and your emotions. But then look at that scripture, it says, but hope also allows you to enter his presence behind the veil. You guys understand, Jesus ripped the veil. There's no veil between me and God. There's no veil between you and God. There's no barrier of entry between you and God. You can literally get up every day, do whatever you got to do, but as soon as you open your mouth and you say, God, I love you and I thank you for today and I thank you that I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above only and never beneath. I'm going to prosper and walk in health everywhere that my foot treads is mine. You start speaking God's word, guess what? You're in the presence of God. You're behind the veil. You're, you're face to face with a living God who called you and equipped you Who's, who's, who's got a hope and a future for you. A hope for you means an expected end, a preferred future. Your expected end is not premature death. Your expected end is not divorce. Your expected end is not whatever else the enemy or the, the world wants to say. Your expected end is that you're abounding in hope. Your expected end and your future is that every day you walk this earth, you're making disciples, you're laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover, you're speaking God's word, you're walking in power and dominion and authority, and you are abounding in hope. And so that way, everyone that comes by you and everyone you're coming in contact with, they're like, man, how are you doing so good in this economy? How are you doing this? How are you doing that? It's in, you can start telling them it's because I'm bound in hope because Jesus is my Lord. He's my Savior. You start discipling. You start evangelizing. You start doing what we're supposed to be doing, making disciples for the kingdom, right? We have a, we have a hope that allows us to enter the presence behind the veil. You don't have to you don't have to do anything other than open your mouth and speak God's word, and you are in his presence. And what an awesome life that we get to live. What an awesome opportunity that we get to live, that when we start to see that disappointment, think of that disappointment as that, that warning light on your dash. You got that little bit of disappointment? That just means you need to go get in the, into his presence. You need to open your mouth and start speaking God's word. You need to re go take counsel in his word. The Bible says we started out that his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. You need to go back and say, God, you're wonderful. Jesus, you're wonderful in my life. God, you're marvelous in my life. God, I thank you that I can take counsel in your word and you lead and guide me in all truth and you show me things to come and you take of what is yours and you declare it to me, right? You start speaking God's word just rapid fire. You got to know it to do that. You got to get into it. You got to renew your mind. But you get into the presence behind the veil, you start sensing a little bit of disappointment in your life. You start sensing your mind, your will, and your emotions starting to drift you away from the truth. Man, those are all just warning signs that God's, God's saying, hey, 
hey, wake up a little bit. Hey, get back in the word because I got a plan and a, and a future for you. And I can't fulfill the plan in the future in your life if you're distracted or if you're, you're um, drifting away from the truth. I can't help anybody if I'm drifting away from the truth because then all I'm concerned about is getting my life back on track. All I'm doing is concerned about myself. Well, why is this happening? Why is that happening? Why is this? Why is that? I'm concerned about my own crap. Can I say that? My own junk. I'm sorry. I'm concerned about my own junk. <laughs> the hope keeps you from drifting away from the truth. And his counsel keeps your mind fixed upon him, which in turn keeps you in perfect peace. And in Isaiah it says, you keep your mind fixed upon him. That word mind means imagination. You keep your imagination fixed upon him, he's going to keep you in perfect peace. Well, when you get a diagnosis of cancer, when you get a diagnosis of, of sickness or disease, when you get bad news from your employer, you get your, your kid comes to you with bad news, whatever it is that's coming after you, when you know, wait a second, that's okay. I'm not going to allow that disappointment into my home. I'm not going to allow that disappointment into my house because I'm going to go take counsel back in his word. He's a wonderful counselor. And I'm going to go take counsel in his word that says, no, wait a second. When I put keep my mind fixed, steady, stayed upon him, my imagination stayed upon him, he's keeping me in perfect peace. So it doesn't matter what's going on. Not, I'm, not, I'm not ignoring it. I'm not immune to it. I'm not, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm just saying it doesn't affect me abounding in hope. Because Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my counselor. Jesus is, is the, the name above all names. Right? It doesn't affect my abounding in hope. His counsel keeps my will from taking over, and I humble myself, and I submit to him. I had a conversation with Roger Wash prior to the first class of uh, the school of ministry, and it literally was one of those life-changing conversations, and I don't know that I've ever had a conversation that I would describe as life-changing conversation, and if you've ever had one with me, you probably haven't thought that either, but I had a conversation with Roger, and we were out there uh, by the, the dill, the food truck, container, we're out there by the container, and he, man, he's talking to me for like, I don't, it seemed like at least an hour, could have been longer. But it was one of those conversations where it was life-changing because he broke open the word and he showed me how the two people that came to Jesus in the New Testament that Jesus said they had great faith, man, they humbled themselves and submitted to him. And it was just, I'm doing a disjustice trying to describe it to you guys, but it changed everything in my outlook of his counsel keeps me from being about my own will. And it causes me to submit to him, to yield to him, to humble myself to him. And when I humble myself and I submit to him, man, I can have some great faith. His counsel keeps me living by faith rather than by living by my ever-changing emotions. And we live and move and have our being in him. We live and move in faith. Nothing else. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. And you're going to be hit every single day with all kinds of things that want to convince you that they're the way and they're the truth and they're the life. And, they're and none of it's true. They're all counterfeit. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only truth. Jesus is the only life. And, but when, and, and the great thing about that is he created you and he created me. And God said the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is alive in you. 
so you can now abound in hope. So now you can, can live the greatest life imaginable, as we say here at Guts Church, so now that you can go win every day. Because the same spirit that raised Christ is in you, which means it doesn't, it doesn't mean you don't experience some disappointment. Of course, we live in a world, a fallen world that has things that happen. We're going to experience some things that we don't like. We're going to experience some things that are hard. We're going to experience some things that are disappointing. But to reiterate that, none of that changes my ability to abound in his hope. None of it changes the future and the, the expected end of my life, which is to reign with him, right? None of it changes that. So don't let the enemy lie to you. Don't let the enemy, that's all he can do. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. He has no other tools, right? That's all he's going to do is lie and cheat and steal. The Bible says that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but, the God, but Jesus came so that we have life and have it more abundantly, don't be surprised when he tries to kill, steal, and destroy. The word tells us that's what he's going to do. Don't be surprised by it. Just recognize it and laugh at it and say, no, you don't get to do that here. I'm abounding in hope. I'm abounding in hope. Not only that, devil, not only am I abounding in hope, but I'm going to take this hope, and I'm going to go enter the presence behind the, behind the veil. I'm going to go get with God, and I'm going to go out and set the world on fire and lead thousands of people to Jesus. Because that's what we're here to do. If you're here tonight, and, and maybe, maybe you're sitting there and you're like, look, man, I know I'm going to heaven. I'm a Christian. But maybe you are experiencing some of that disappointment. Maybe after I'm speaking tonight, you do get that sense of, yeah, I think I might be drifting away from the truth a little bit. I might have been duped into buying a lie that's going against God's word. Maybe you're in here tonight and you're like, look, I'm not, my life isn't right with God. I don't know God from a hole in the wall. Or maybe you're in here and you're, like, and you're just saying, man, whatever that hope you're talking about is, that's what I want. Because that was me at 17 years old, 1997 or 98. You remember, Scott. Man, I came in and I had never heard the gospel message. And Pastor Bill was preaching and speaking. And I don't, I couldn't tell you what he said a long time ago. But man, he, he preached hope. And I, that's what I left with is I want that hope. I don't ever want to not have that hope. So I never left. But if that's you tonight, and you're saying, yeah, I want that hope. Man, I, I, I'm tired of disappointment in my life. I'm tired of accepting disappointment. And I want that hope. Man, I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. Can you raise your hand? If you're in here tonight... You say, look, I need Jesus to be Lord of my life. I need hope. I need to re-up. I need to do whatever it is to get that hope into, into my life. Will you please raise your hand so I can pray with you and for you? Man, because God loves you guys so much. He loves you so much that he gave Jesus to die on the cross for us so that we don't have to die and go to hell. He gave Jesus so that we can abound in hope. He gave Jesus so that, that our lives are going to be, they, they can be the best life that's imaginable, but far beyond anything you could ever expect or think. I would have never thought almost 30 years ago that this would be my life. Not this, but just my life as it is great marriage, great kids, great church, great family, great school, I mean the whole thing. The enemy would have loved to have drifted me away from any of that. And somehow 
probably through some dumb luck, probably through some just stubbornness, but mostly through diving into God, diving into that hope, diving into Jesus. I mean, that's what he wants for you. Let's all pray together. Everyone say this with me. Say, God, I love you. I thank you for Jesus. And I thank you that Jesus is the Lord of my life. God, I choose today to worship you, to serve you, and to abound in hope. God, that I refuse disappointment. I will not live a disappointing life. I will live in abundance, in power, in authority, in hope. I love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you'd like more information about the ministries of Gut Church, visit our website at gutchurch.com.